T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I wonder what this does for BKFC, I know that they were very excited to land Paige Van Zandt, that it was the biggest sign that they had had in their promotion. And um, I think that the sport is fun. Like, I've, I've talked about it, like going to these events, um, especially them. I would say, like, they're, you know, the 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 caliber of athlete that they're getting, uh, the fights are just a little bit cleaner, um, you know, with some of the uh, the other ones that I've been to, not so much. Uh, as far as just like the quality of guys are, even though those can sometimes make for the f- more fun fights. With uh, with BKFC getting Paige Van Zandt, you know the thing that's interesting with her is like it's not like she's known as this dynamic striker. And honestly, her most famous knockout is a kick, and so she doesn't have that in this. Like her, it's just Paige going in there and and throwing hands. And so if you told me like, hey. Amanda Nunes is making her debut on Bare Knuckle FC this week or BKFC this week. You're like, yeah, I'm watching that. If Chris Cyborg is making her debut on BKFC, if Clarissa Shields is making her debut at, at BKFC, I'm just like, yeah, I'm out there. And with Paige, like, I, it's not exactly what she's known for. You know, honestly, I would say Paige is probably known mostly for her grit and toughness. Like, you know, Paige has taken some gnarly, gnarly injuries through the through her fights in the octagon, whether it be broken arms, the crimson face against Rose Namajunas. You know, but as far as like what is that signature weapon that she's going to bring to the table, I don't know if that's necessarily going to transfer over to BKFC. But that being said, she's been in there with some of the best in combat sports, um, and you know. Britton Hart has gotten a couple wins in a row, but isn't, you know, was was kind of a middling boxer before getting into BKFC. So, you know, it's it's her show, man. If she goes out there and she uh does what I think everybody expects her to do, and which I think is, you know, go and get this win and and does it in a good fashion, you know, maybe they got something there. If she doesn't, because I do think that Paige gets probably a a, a, a she gets a ton of haters for just, you know, being the pretty girl who does fight uh, and people thinking that she's just the Instagram model who fights. You know, we talked to Valerie Loretta about this, that, you know, these women who are on Instagram and, you know, are not ashamed to, to, to put their bodies on Instagram, know that that's going to come with territories of guys saying some pretty gnarly stuff about, oh, you're just a model. You're just this. You're just that. And it's almost like the pressure is ramped up to a different level. Um and she's been dealing with that since the beginning. So I don't think that's going to affect her at all. She's probably as Teflon to that as it gets when it comes to the sport. But as far as the skill set is concerned, uh, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, she has used those kicks before. She has used uh, 
tried to go in her bag as far as it's concerned with with her mixed martial arts career. So what is that going to mean when it's just hands? Uh, other news we got this week, as far as the UFC is concerned, a couple of things. We got the uh, we got news of Kamara Usman, Gilbert Burns. They are going to be fighting at UFC 258. That is going to be in February. I'm looking forward to that fight. That was supposed to be the original fight that we were going to get on Fight Island before uh, Kamaro ended up taking on Jorge Masvidal on short notice. Now, remember, Gilbert was on that huge run uh, where he was taking out people left after right. He was really taking advantage of the COVID times and you know really got a rock on his back and put himself in a big contending spot. Now he's going to go take on a guy in Kamaro Usman. Now, I don't think it's like the same... Uh, I don't think it's like the same thing as far as like the whole training thing being weird. Cause I know Kamara was, you know, moving off to Colorado to do some things like that and, and, and kind of break off. So I don't think that whole awkward scenario is going to be quite the same, but it is going to be interesting because, you know, these guys do know each other so well. And with Kamara, you know, is he going to go into this trying to make any kind of a statement? Uh, you know, some people thinking that, you know, he gets the, the knock of, uh, of being a little bit boring, especially after his last fight against with, uh, with Jorge, but, you know, he took that fight on short notice, too. I wouldn't put myself in the risk of, of letting Jorge Masvidal strike or be in a, in a striking position with him because when he does, it's it's bad news. He's going to get outstruck by Jorge Masvidal. That's just what it's going to be when you're in a position with uh, with Colby Covington and you feel a little bit like you're on equal playing ground there. Then he's a little bit more willing to stand back. That Colby Covington, come on, Usman fight, though, that was amazing. That was an amazing bout. Really wouldn't mind seeing that one again. I wonder if this will be the same, though. Like, we have two guys who, you know, you have one guy whose wrestling is out of this world. You have another guy whose submission game is out of this world. They know each other so well. Will that lead to uh, a Kobe Covington-like fight where these guys are standing banging, basically, for five rounds? And if that is the case, I do think that Gilbert's got those opportunities to really hurt Kamaro and and to do some chance, and vice versa. I think Kamaro can drop some... Some uh, some really really hard uh, hard stuff on on Gilbert and, and and put some pain on him. So I'm interested about it, man. We haven't seen Kamara Usman lose many rounds. We have not seen him lose many rounds, not even fights rounds. He's that kind of good. So it's cool to hear we got Gilbert out here who's got a, a new bag of tricks. We've seen Kamara against the established champion. He mowed through Tyron Woodley. Uh, we've seen him against the the maybe the most devastating striker in the division in Jorge Masvidal. He was able to to neutralize and kind of take out that that whole question mark. We've seen him against probably the second best wrestler in the division, Colby Covington. Broke his jaw in a, in a classic slugfest. Now we see a guy who's got the the BJJ with some some dynamic striking as well. So it'd be a real feather in his cap if he gets past this. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to already you know dismiss. Um, I don't want to already dismiss Kamaro and where he's at right now, but I do wonder if he is able to get through Gilbert Burns. Obviously, there's talk of Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. I'd imagine whoever wins that's probably going to get a rematch, but he's beaten both of them. You know, so maybe he wants something new. Leon Edwards, you know, Leon's in that tough spot right now where he just hasn't fought in forever. People don't know who he is. You know, maybe, and and and, and, and I believe Kamara's already beat him. You know, so the, he doesn't have a lot going for him in that regard. He just needs something new to happen to him, something fresh to happen to him to really, 
revamp all of that type of stuff. Um, you know, Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Yeah. You know, I think he's, he's another one. He probably needs another win to, to really get himself sparked on up. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who's already had a title reign that hasn't been that long, but he's so far and away seems like the best guy in the division right now, just based on his resume. Um, you know, you might, maybe he's looking for some kind of super fight after this. I don't know. But it's uh, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. They also mentioned Dana did mention that speaking of uh, of guys who are on a roll right now, Charles Oliveira, who looked absolutely spectacular against Tony Ferguson. What a performance that was from him! Um, and I, I really didn't see it coming. You know, I thought you know Tony's fight against Justin. And I have a lot of respect for Charles Oliveira, but I just have I just you know I'm in the bag for Tony. I guess a little bit. I didn't think that anybody would make him look like that again. You know, and I thought that the Justin fight, I, I bought into some of the reasonings for maybe why he didn't look his sharpest. But Dana's saying that it's going to be Gaethje versus Oliveira coming up. So that's an exciting one for the lightweight division. The other one that's exciting, they also announced, is Dan Hooker is going to be taking out Michael Chandler on the Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor card, which is awesome. Also gives you a little bit of a safety net. I'd imagine if anything happens to either one of the participants i guess outside of i guess outside of the rubik's cube that would lead dan hooker to fight dustin because they just did it but you know if connor falls out could it be dustin michael chandler could it be connor versus michael chandler maybe not connor versus dan hooker but i i think it's good to have that safety net of guys who even if something happens in the main event there's a fun matchup there for both of those guys. This is a big one for Michael Chandler. You know, I've been I've been wanting Michael Chandler to be in the UFC for a long, long time. And I I wish it happened a couple of years ago. I got why he stuck with Bellator. Uh, I remember talking about this at the time, just because if you're Michael Chandler at the point he was in his career, do you want to be the face of Bellator, which he was, uh, which I'm sure he was treated very well. And still had some decent matchups to, to get through. You wanted to get your belt back. Did you want to be the guy who was, you know, in Bellator and the face of it all? Or did you want to be the guy who was going to go to the UFC? And there was a lot of things that were hanging up in the air. It was a d- division that was, for better or worse, kind of hung up by Connor, Tony, and Habib. And there really wasn't going to be any movement either way. Connor was off boxing. Habib and Tony were in their rivalry. They were always getting injured. So I kind of got why he went away for a little bit, you know, and just just wrote it out in Bellator a little bit more. Um, and it hasn't been, like, the most perfect run. It wasn't like, you know, Ben Askren coming in unblemished in the UFC. Like, he had the weird Brent Primus fight where he had the nerve damage. He had the loss to Pitbull. Um, but he's still a really good fighter, man, and he's a guy he's beaten – uh, the likes of Eddie Alvarez before, and you know Eddie was at one point UFC champ. I think that he does present a lot of problems. He is super powerful. He is a great wrestler. He trains with the best. Um, he just has been in the second fiddle promotion for his entire career, basically. And so when we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be wondering what he's going to bring to the table... Um, I think we're bringing, they're bringing in a guy who's got a great skill set, who can, who can do a lot of great things. I definitely wish that this, you know, move would happen when he was like 31, 32 rather than 34, but that is what it is, man. I mean, sometimes just things don't line, line up perfectly, but I I mean, really, if you're going to tell me 
Michael Chandler is going to be in there with the likes of Justin Gaethje. He's going to be in there with the likes of Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson. There's just not a bad fight there. There's not. But there's a lot of pressure. If he comes out, because Dan is like a fringe top five guy. You know, Dan, if Dan would have beaten Dustin, maybe he's knocking on the doorstep of a title, but he's still in that realm of everybody thinks he's a really dangerous guy and thinks he could be a contender, but he's not there yet. So I do think that Michael Chandler, I think he's got more pressure in this fight because he's coming in as the outsider with something who the last guy to do that, like I mentioned, was Ben Askren. Uh, it didn't go great for Ben. It was not a great run for Ben. Ben had the 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 kooky fight with Robbie Lawler where he you know basically got bailed out by Herb Dean. He had the five the infamous five second knockout of uh, against Jorge Masvidal, which is probably what he's most known for now you know, the Damian Maya fight. So, but there have been other guys who have come in and, and doing great stuff. There's been plenty of guys from strike force who have been become champions. We've seen Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje came from world series of fighting and made it all the way to the championship fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov. So just because he's coming in from another promotion, do not dismiss this man and what he's able to do. I think that they have themselves a real opportunity here uh, to have some fun matchups with, Michael Chandler and what I would imagine is probably like the last three years of his career. Uh, I mean, unless he's going to be fighting forever, but he's still in that, that prime window where I think he can still give some, uh, some really good fights. And then the last thing that was announced this week, a big one, triple championship card coming up UFC 259, uh, which is going to have Stylebender versus Jan. We knew about that. Uh, and Stylebender going for two belts. We have Amanda Nunez going against Megan Anderson. That one was, uh, what was that supposed to be in December? And it got put, and it got pushed back. And then we got Pyotr Jan against Aljamain Sterling. That's the fight I'm honestly looking forward to the most. I can't wait for that fight, the the bantamweight championship. And actually, Pyotr is fighting. Uh, he's training at ATT now, which is kind of cool. Welcome with the rest of the Russians in Miami, Pyotr. Welcome, Pyotr Jan down here hanging out with my boy Sergey Bobrovsky. I don't know if they're actually hanging out. I shouldn't assume that all the Russian athletes are hanging out. That's not cool of me. But I like to imagine that they are. Um, I can't wait for that card. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan, not to be a spoiled brat about it. I'm not a huge fan of triple championship cards. They're cool for the, for the poster. They make for a long night. Um, but something tells me that like, I, I got the feeling like Stylebender and, and, and Jan Blahovich isn't going to go five. I got the feeling Amanda Nunes and Megan's not going to go five. I don't know about the Bantamweight. Bantamweight, I think it could go either way. I could see it going quick. I could see it being dragged out. But, uh, man, it's a it's a really fun year of UFC that's going to come up. We'll get into a little bit of boxing. Coming on up, some sweet science news and notes, uh, especially some movement with the lightweight division and some possible matchups that we got coming up. We'll get to that next. Welcome back to Fighters Fury, everybody. Let's get into a little bit of the uh, sweet science boxing news that had gone on, that had gone on this week. I got to be honest with you, the first thing that I'm excited about couple things. I'm excited about a couple of local things that I want to mention. One, uh, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. I saw his Instagram filled with Shannon in the gym, which are always my favorites. I love your memes, Shannon. You know that, buddy. But uh, when I get when I get Shannon the Cannon in the in the gym, working, looking good, looking spry, looking to get ready for Mike Tyson. I'm telling you, man. That is the fight they should do. I'm telling you. You know, and a lot of people think that. Oh, you're you're just saying that because you're your guy. This guy will be such a great antagonist for Mike Tyson. You know, 
the thing with the Roy Jones thing, it was great. It was fun. Snoop, I loved it, all of it, you know. But the thing that was missing with it is that Roy and Mike, there's no bad guy there. Everybody's rooting for who. And, you know, the only thing we came away with it was, yeah, maybe Roy wasn't in the, the shape that he needs to be. I think you need somebody to push Mike's buttons. And I think that Shannon can do that. So I hope that he does get that fight next. You know, the Holyfield thing's cool too. But, um, you know, I, I do think that it's going to bring up a lot of stuff in the lead up. Everybody's obviously going to talk about the bite and all that. So obviously, it's it would do more business. I'm not going to try and argue that. But I think a more entertaining lead up would be, would be Shane in the cannon. So I was happy to see him uh, back in the gym this week. Made me very happy to see that. Also, if you guys are looking for a little bit of boxing coming up, let me get this up for you. Coming up on... January 23rd, so it is the same night as UFC 257, but uh, maybe you watch a little live early and you know head on over to the Cheetah and you watch UFC. I don't know, whatevs. Uh, Boxing at the Amp is coming Saturday, January 23rd. It is Road Warrior Promotions. Yes, the Road Warrior himself, Glenn Johnson, is putting on a show, and he is uh, he's going to be putting it on at the Miramar Regional Amphitheater. Uh, tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com, but uh, I'm a big fan of Glenn Johnson on uh, on on social media. It was funny. I, actually, I, I remember going to take one of his boxing classes at uh, Body and Soul in Miami because their gym is... No, dude, their gym is nice. It's nice. Like They have like NBA players that go work out there and stuff like that. Uh, it's a nice place, and I just wanted to go. I was like, they have class like Glenn. You could just go take a class with Glenn Glenn Johnson. And you could. This dude, I mean, he whooped my ass. And I was too embarrassed to say, like, what I did. Uh, we ended up following each other on social media and, and, and stuff like that and have messaged back and forth a couple of times. But I was like, at the time when I went to do the class, I was like, I was too embarrassed. Like, hey, you know, I host the show and you're the road warrior and all that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to put on a good show, man. I saw a guy, uh, J.D. Martinez, Pretty Boy Martinez. He's going to be uh, on the card. You know, we had him on back when uh felt like COVID just started or something like that. And he's been uh, amped to fight. So I think that's going to be a fun one. I'm going to try and make it out for that card. But if you guys are looking for some local boxing, check that out. And I see that our guy Harold Calderon, King Harold Calderon, he had also uh, posted he has an upcoming matchup. Let me get this. Uh, he is going to be fighting on February 20th. I don't see a location on Harold's uh, on Harold's Instagram, so I'll get that to you guys next week because it's got a little bit of time. But uh, that's coming up on February twentieth, so he'll be back. He'll be looking to go to twenty four and zero. A lot of boxing going on down here, man. I saw a guy Javier Centeno at the uh, Sweat Box Gym. They got uh, Adrian Broner there. They got Javante uh, Davis is there. Uh, Robert Easter is training there. Um, just a you know they're they're stacking up the stars over there. I saw that uh, uh Xander Zayas was getting some work with them. Oh, speaking of speaking of that uh, that stable though, uh, so there was news this week that uh, George Cambosis, who's been on the show a couple of times, he's uh, his title fight was officially ordered by the IBF and is going to be I assume going to be fighting Tiafima Lopez. Here's the thing that's interesting about it that a lot of people don't take into consideration with George. Um Australia's like out of the woods with COVID, dude. So they can uh basically just do a regular show over there and 
you know, they can do gate. They got their own native son who's going to be there. And so I know that George, uh, I don't think he's going to be insulted by this. I know George hasn't got the name value yet that, you know, Devin Devin Haney does or that Ryan Garcia does after last week or Javante Davis does after all these weeks. But uh, he does come with a nation behind him. And that's that's valuable, man. Like all these guys, it's great. But um, you know, if you're if you're Tiafima Lopez and you're looking for a place to to sell out an arena, undisputed lightweight championship of the world in Australia, I think that brings a lot of value to the table. So I'd be interested to see what's going to happen with that. You also have, I think that the uh, the WBC came out this week. They wanted to have Devin Haney take on Ryan Garcia. I told you last week, I didn't understand, for the love of me, why Ryan Garcia got a belt. I didn't understand it. It was weird to me. This is no knock on Ryan Garcia. I was thrilled by his performance. Thrilled by it. I just don't understand it. What was he getting an interim belt for? Is Devin hurt again? I don't really understand the purpose of him being an interim champion at anything. It was just strange to me that they did that almost to set up their fight but it just didn't seem like it was it was necessary. So it's a little bit weird. And then we have Ryan who said he wanted to fight Tank, and that got some heat this week because him and Tank Davis got into it on Mike Tyson's podcast, and they seem legit like they want to make the fight happen. And I will give the, the lightweights kudos on this. You know, at least they're all, not only are they getting heat behind their matchups, but they're actively participating in, promoting their matchups what errol spence and terrence crawford are doing is 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 a crime upon themselves because they're both acting like they're way too cool for school oh i don't need this i'm a hall of famer without it you're not uh errol spence oh on the a side 70 30 you know dismisses it and i just look at this and i'm just like really like this is what you want you want to go to you know, a, a wing and a prayer, maybe you'll get Mandy Pacquiao, or you really want to say, you know, talk the fans who know Sean Porter fight, Porter fight again. These young guns, and I don't know if it's just because, because look, one of the things that's interesting about it is uh, Terrence, quiet guy by nature, uh, admittedly doesn't like doing a lot of media interviews, likes to do it with certain guys that he feels have been respectful for him his whole career. Um, nothing against that. Uh, Errol, uh, another guy, you know, lives out in, in Texas on his farm with his chickens and his horses and, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, does good interviews, but isn't like the most outspoken outlandish dude in the world. It's kind of got like a reserve sly swag to him about him. These guys in lightweight, they're all crazy. They're all braggadocious. They're all swaggering. Honestly, it feels like the one who's probably the one who's probably the least natural with it is probably Gervonta. Like Gervonta is the quietest, but he's got Floyd behind him. So even if he doesn't do the trash talking, you know that they're going to have Floyd there on all access to promote the fight for him. Ryan is like way out there, way outspoken with social media. He's got a gazillion followers. Devin Haney is a great trash talker, great with it, um, smart uh, as as it comes when it when it comes to like. The, the, the science of the sport has all the great stories of the amateurs that he's able to talk to him. And Tia Fimo is just like, he's almost like a ticking time bomb. Like he is just like, I will take on all of you. I will smoke all of you. I'm the king. I don't even like you guys talking about the four. I am so clearly better than all of you. It's just all of it's awesome. And George too. George is, George is, a, is, 
is is also got that they got that swag to him. Dude's got like uh, you know the, the the when he's got the glasses on with the slick back hair, he looks like a looks like a damn movie star. All of them just got such a great charisma that is bringing such a, an excitement to boxing, and they are even if these aren't going to happen in the order that everybody wants. Um, I imagine we're going to get some version of it. And I don't think we're going to go 2021 and none of these guys fight each other. Someone's going to fight someone. Seems like we're probably going to get George versus Tiafimo and Ryan's going to fight either Devin or tank. And then whoever's kind of left out in the cold there, hopefully they'll find a great matchup for him that will uh, display their skills at the best rate. Let's say Devin probably needs like the fight that will showcase him the most, but also if he makes somebody look too foolish, I could see him also being the most avoided because people will say, Oh, he's not exciting. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's going to school me. He's going to box me. I can see that being an issue for him too. Um, but the fact is either way, these guys are, these guys are tweeting about it, texting about it, uh, interviewing about it seemingly, you know, multiple times a week. And that's awesome. Like at least they're 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 not putting this on life support and being like, oh, you know, uh, I don't really want to talk about it. Oh, they're beneath me. It's just so lame on the part of of Terrence Crawford and, and Errol Spence. Like, look, I get it. Nobody wants their 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 careers to be defined by one fight that you didn't do. But I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. When you guys are sitting here and you're the bona fide two best welterweights on the planet and you seem galaxies apart from fighting, that gets annoying to fans. And we you can put it on promoters and managers and all that type of stuff. It's on the way they act about it, too. And the, the truth of it is, when Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, they got to a point where they almost enjoyed keeping the fight away from each other more so than they would have Bassey in, the, in having the fight. Tyson Fury... He'll talk about it with anybody. And that's why people really like Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is like, I'll fight him. I'll beat him. I'll beat the brakes off of him no matter what. I'll, be, I'll, I'll beat. I'll be, what did he say? He told it at WSVN this week. He said, uh, well, I don't know when the interview was, but it aired last week. He said uh, that I'll beat him inside two rounds. I think he's mentally weak. He doesn't act like it's beneath him to talk about this type of stuff. Like he engages in the things the fans want to talk about. And so that stuff is appreciated. It goes a long way. And that's why I think that you know, four Kings or whatever the hell you want to call five Kings, whatever you want to call this young generation in the, uh, in the 135 division or whatever it's going to grow into. If they all go end up going to 140, this little, this, this contingency here has the real chance to do something special. And I, it feels like they know that. And it feels like they uh, can, can hone that, take that opportunity and us not, and I will say, not give them such a hard time. If they do fight each other and somebody loses, don't treat them like they were bums and you don't make them fight seven times to recreate their careers like you guys did to Erickson Lubin where he loses to Jamal Charlo, has the balls to fight him at 21 years old, gets starch, and then you never hear from the guy for six years. Um, if you If you let these guys fight, and then treat them with the respect of, oh, you got, you gave me the fights that I want, and it's okay that you have a loss on your resume that I don't think of you as being a, 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 a fake fighter. 
if we can all agree upon that, it feels like we could have something really, really awesome here. But boxing and boxing fans, don't be jerks about it. And we could be in for a hell of a, a, a couple of years here. That's our show for this week, everybody. If you missed any of it, download the podcast, subscribe, Fighters Fury on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are available. Also, you can, of course, uh, subscribe to the show on YouTube. Go check that out as well. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.